Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Prime Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Abandon all hope, and welcome to the Spiral Zone, Earth Death, Shadow Zone! Shadow Play? I'm David. Yeah, this was definitely like a, a, a 90s, um, yeah, today's episode is Shadow Zone, which I yeah, think- Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw them play Ozfest in 2006. <laughs> I'm just gonna make a joke about Spiral Zone, but then I remembered I didn't remember anything about Spiral Zone. I remember the that's opening, fair. that's about it. Well, we, we could make a joke about Shadow Zone the movie by Full Moon Pictures, but I don't think anybody's seen that. Well, is Jeffrey Co- Hong was in it, and uh, that's all I know. I was gonna ask, Someone is Jeffrey Combs in it? Because he's in a lot <laughs> no. of Full Moon movies. No, he's not. Uh-huh. I think it was like their first or second movie they put, actually put out. Ah. Oh, oh, uh, there is a, a tie-in. I think the actress that played Nurse Ratchet is in it. Oh. From, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, Louise uh-huh. Fletcher. Oh. I think so, unless I'm conflating actresses. To the internet. <laughs> Let's see, Shadow Zone, to the internet. Yeah, Louise Fletcher, James Hong, and, uh, I don't really know anybody else in the- The guy who was DJ in Street Fighter. Oh, that guy. Oh, Miguel Nunez. What? I don't know who that is. Yeah, no, uh, I assume this was filmed probably in the same location as all of those, like, Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, full moon movies. Like a basement- Weird science bullshit. Someone's basement. Castle freak. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, filmed in the same someone's basement. Shadow Zone. Yeah, this episode, uh, Starscream is hooked up in, uh, what I believe is the variable voltage harness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or possibly just like... a bondage harness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw this in the, in the com- a picture of this in the comments on one of the BBSM stories I had to edit. <laughs> Starscream, my desires are unconventional. It's the same bed that, that Megatron was on. It, it just looks creepier with, with little skinny Starscream there, and he's all scratched up and got a claw mark on his face. He's got a bunch, of, got a bunch of hoses wires hooked up to him. him. He needs a good buff is what yeah, he Well, needs. Megatron did, too. He had a, Megatron, somehow with a giant hole in his chest, didn't look as bad as Starscream looks strapped to it. Well, presumably this is... Le- I mean, these are not so much life support cables as, like, this is the Decepticon equivalent of having a car battery hooked up to your junk. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Starscream is so scratched up that now I just want to just write a whole series of buffing-themed Hurt Comfort Transformers Prime fix. It's <laughs> <laughs> more of a Hurt Discomfort. Well, I mean, hmm. afterwards. After Knockout shows up. Oh, yes, yes. 
So yeah, but Megatron's he's a player. Like, yeah. Knockout doesn't give a shit about him. It's just that's fair. I was gonna say that's just himself, but I mean, look who he's with. Yeah. Obviously, he uh, prefers yeah. the ground. Yeah, because you know, Megatron takes off, Knockout comes in. He's and Starscream is you know shockingly up, and Knockout is surprised by this because wow, you look friggin' terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he's all, no, no, no. And Starscream's like, thanks, doctor. Yeah. He's all, no, 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 I'm fine. And so he he does, he skulks around the ship, pulls out the chunk of dark energon that he got from Megatron's body back in Masters and Students. And it was flashed back to in the last episode. He was just hiding around like a corridor support that like anybody could have wandered by. I mean, I guess. But I guess the Vehicons are like, I The previous kinkiest episode. Yes. (laughs) The previous kinkiest episode of the season. Hmm. So yeah, back at, uh, back at Autobot HQ, he's, uh, you know, Ratchet has noted that this Dark Energon is on the move. Gets to say Dark Energon. Dark Energon. Dark Energon. <laughs> and so Bulkhead's all, oh no, I hope he's not gonna like raise a bunch more zombie Decepticons. And Miko's all, I'm sorry, did somebody say zombie Decepticons? <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's so excited at this idea, which I mean, I don't blame her. <laughs> Zombies and robots are like the two best things ever, so combine them and I mean, it's the best yeah. best thing ever. Well, this is basically Miko's thought process for most of this episode. Yes. Mm. So yeah, speaking of masters and students, oh yeah, I forgot to this episode was written by Marsha Griffin, uh who huh. Uh, did not write Masters and Students, which is weird because this is almost like a direct sequel to that episode. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say she would be the one who remembered where Skyquake was buried. Yes. I guess that was in – there There was, you know, continuity notes. Yes. Well, I mean, I think these they were, they were like a core sort of writing team, which is why all of the episodes we've seen so far have been written by like the same five people. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, we get back to where Skyquake, the one episode wonder from, uh, Masters of Students is buried just under a big pile of rocks. Was he under some snow? Did they come and thaw him out so he could fly them <laughs> to Central America? <laughs> uh, no, he is just under these rocks, which I- like. Also, he is actually dead and not just left for dead without confirming anything. Yeah, so he, he breaks this, uh, this chunk of dark energon in half like a carrot. <laughs> Tosses one half just like into this pile of rocks. Yeah, just dumps it down there. It'll work its way in, I guess. Yeah. yeah That's how they work, sure. And he, it'll manage. He shoves the other half into himself and goes Super Saiyan. <laughs> yes. He yeah, really he's does. covered in purple flames, which looks awesome. I kind of wish he was always covered in purple flames. Yeah, he's pretty badass here. It works for him. Probably his last badass moment of the series. He he yells out just symbiosis as he jams it in himself, like, as if that was the original title of the episode, and he was <laughs> thinking he had the, the titular line. As if that were the title drop. Well, as long as he doesn't pronounce it symbiote, or sorry, symbiote. Symbiote. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forgive you, Mona Lisa Saperstein. <laughs> oh, that's that's weird. Yeah, the, the the remake of Upgrade with Venom is gonna be strange. <laughs> uh. I'm so, I'm confused. I I sw- 
could have sworn that the guy in Upgrade was actually Tom Hardy. No, it's the guy from um, Spider-Man Homecoming, the the guy who was the first Shocker, who really looks like Tom yeah, who Hardy. Get... Yeah, he does. It's amazing. He looks like fake Tom Hardy. What? Well, yeah. <clears throat> he did. He could easily be Tom Hardy's stunt double. Yes. Anyway, so uh, so the Autobots are obviously going to go out to stop this. Um, this time, Ratchet goes along, and RC is sticking around to uh, run the ground bridge. Somebody Which, needs uh, Ratchet doesn't want to go, but it's like, hey, we might need a doctor. Dark Energon and what's his name? Uh, yeah, listen, listen, we're just RC's Dark Energon involved. Behind and be incompetent. Yeah, because. Miko is very actively trying not to seem like she's going to sneak along, which immediately tips off Jack and Raph that something is going on. <laughs> because if Miko isn't blatantly doing something stupid, she must be secretly doing something stupid. <laughs> that is entirely yeah, fair. After all this, you'd think, like, she's just sitting there being calm. No, you go over, you d- re- detain her until that portal is closed. Handcuff something. You don't wait for her to jump and run. Yeah. Miko is the worst ferret. <laughs> because indeed, <laughs> while she is not paying attention, Miko just scampers through. Yes. So Jack and- The girls do tend to be the worst. Yes. So Jack and Raph grab her. They end up knocking her cell phone down, but uh, instead they just end up on site. And- uh, Yeah, RC notices none of this, even though they're kind of talking rather loud as they're tracing Miko to the portal. Listen, she's, she's just thinking, not listening to the humans. Listen, Don't she's just thinking, oh my god, I'm finally going to have the base to myself. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to put on some music. Them. I'm going to have a bath. Oh my god, I got that book I've been wanting to read. Yeah. She is already zoned out. Yep. She's already making her plans. She's picking out what she's going to cook for dinner. Going to have some me time. Yeah. It's going to be good. Uh. Picking out ice cream, ordering ice cream, and and then our I don't know. And then anyway, Miko apparently knows parkour because she just scrambles up this giant rock face. Yeah, it's like the beginning of Mission Impossible too. <laughs> Cue the limp biscuit. <laughs> Actually, no, that play, that plays over the ending credits. I believe it's a, a bad Metallica song that plays over the opening. Also, a Metallica song. <laughs> I enjoy their early work. Yeah, yeah, they're. I mean, uh, you know, that's when they were doing songs about, like, you know, Cthulhu and the like. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is best. The the best metal is when it's about like fighting orcs while riding dragons and stuff. Or uh, two dogs fighting. <laughs> yes. So anyway, they uh, they get there. They're surprised that it is Super Saiyan Starscream. And, uh, meanwhile, Skyquake is, uh, taking his sweet time rising from his grave. And, and it's just, it, he doesn't want to wake up. Well, clearly not, because while this is going on, Optimus Prime just shoots one of Starscream's arms the hell off. Yeah, he's arm Good full job. off scream. Oh. <laughs> his special arm, there is only one like it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, apparently, yeah, as we'll find snaps out. right off easy. Like, I, I don't have a lot of notes for this episode, but most of them are um, horribly scared scream, dark inner scream. 
Symbiosis scream, arm fall off scream, etc. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of well, screaming, a lot of shit happens at the Star Music. Speaking of screaming, Miko is extremely upset at having lost her phone and is yelling loud enough that the Autobots, who are fighting another robot, are able to hear it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, she would be. Which is just in time for RC to call up and say, "Um, didn't weren't there children around here?" <laughs> oh uh, yeah, weren't there some ferrets I was supposed to be watching? Yeah, so, so, you know, th- this zombie is not rising. Starscream is just all, okay, Decepticon Bay, send me a ground bridge. Get me the F out of here. Also, they say that they have Starscream grounded because his, they shot his, like, arm off from the elbow down. That's not that important a part of his transformation. Maybe it doesn't, maybe you need the whole thing. It's like how you can't make a combiner if you're missing, if you have, like, yeah, but, uh, four guys. I've seen that but, happen, well, though. that's true. Even visually, like, even if you're not saying that that turns into a wing, or you can te- clearly see two wings on his back that are still there. If he shot off a wing well, and a Yeah, but I mean, you can't just fl- you can't just have two wings and fly. You know, it's it's like one of those Da Vinci uh, flying machines. Those had two wings, too, but, but they didn't work. His arm is pretty much well, just where his missiles are. It might or- knock him off balance. Well, missiles on the toy. Yeah, missiles I, don't, I singular think they're part of the, the fuselage, so maybe it wouldn't work. Like he, he, could, he wouldn't have the right weight distribution, worse. maybe. Like he'd have if he wanted to transform, he'd have to shoot his other arm off. <laughs> so he'd be, you know, balanced out. Otherwise, he's just going to list the one side. Anyway, so oh, yeah, he, sure he radios into the Decepticon base, get me the F out of here, and the Autobots radio into RC saying, get these kids the F out of here. <laughs> Wires get crossed, they... <laughs> yeah, two portals open up. Cross the streams! Now we're, yep, now, they cross the streams. Something, something, now we're thinking with portals, something, something, the cake is a lie. <laughs> something, something, crossing the streams. Yes, I think the crossing the streams reference is deliberate. Uh, ah, yeah. that's fair. But it, it seems like if you have two portals that close together going to two different places, something bigger should happen than what actually happens in this episode. Well, what does happen is uh, there is a big energy explosion. Uh, the kids are caught in it. Stars can get safely back to base, and he's all, you know, the Viacon guy is just, don't tell anybody anything about this. <laughs> and then just pulls the dark energy out of his chest and says, you know, we're just going to pretend this never happened. Yeah, silent, silent vehicons keep secrets because they're not unionized anymore and speaking for themselves. That's right. Uh-huh. I wonder if they have any more lines going forward in the future. They, they definitely do. Yes, there's def, there are definitely lines from vehicons in that episode where, um, Ratchet takes the experimental energon and goes all oh, crazy. Right. Don't remember. Anyway, so, yeah, the kids, uh, you know, they get up, they're okay, except they, you know, the Autobots can't see them, they can't hear them, and Bulkhead walks right through them. Their first assumption, they died and they're now ghosts. <gasps> dun dun. My first assumption is that, uh, somebody saw that episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, uh, <laughs> the next phase. Yeah, where I well, think it's Riker and Ensign Rowe. It's Ensign Rowe and somebody. I Maybe it's Jordy, and they get stuck in with a Cardassian. I think it's Jordy. Maybe it was, it was Jordy. I think 
I know it was into the rope. Yeah, it was definitely her. Because she wasn't in that many episodes. So that's basically what this is. They're stuck out of phase, but they can stand on the ground because it's convenient. Because if they slipped through reality and fell to the Earth's core, it would be a really short episode. Well, what I think is that they are, like, the, the ground that they're on is also part of this. Apparently, this is either created or accessed an alternate dimension, which oh. they, which Raph calls a shadow zone. Yeah, we title drop! No, it- it's subspace. It's not synergy. It's, it's, like, it's shadow drop. It's a very video game thingy where where you, you go into a darker zone that looks a lot like the zone, place you were just in, only it kind of loops endlessly like a video game level. There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast <laughs> as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground beyond a, a shadow and light and shadow between science and superstition. <laughs> and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area we call the Shadow Zone. Dun-dun! <laughs> oh yeah, that actually would be a good title for an anthology show. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's kind of halfway... I was, I was only doing that because I couldn't remember the opening narration to Tales from the Dark Side. <laughs> I was trying to remember the one from Outer Limits, and all I remember is... Um, all I remember is... Nothing from... Do not adjust your set. In our mind to the outer limits or something. We control the vertical and the horizontal. Anyway, so I'm not sure if this is something that previously existed or if this actually ended it, resulted in the creation of the Shadow Zone. Well, at least localized. It's like... I don't yeah, know. Because, I mean, they How talk about seeming to, to go in circles later, but it's... It's hard. Like... It's not really established whether that's because of some sort of spatial anomaly or because they're bad at directions because they are small children. I'm pretty sure that it is just, much like in Thor Ragnarok, it's not just a circle, but like a weird, freaky circle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, sadly at no point does uh, Bulkhead kick the uh, canyon wall, uh, saying, telling the ghost to piss off. (laughs) So good. <laughs> that movie. It's on Netflix now. It is. Go just watch yeah, it a million I, times. I noticed it today while watching this episode. It's like, oh, but I gotta watch episodes. All right, fine. I won't watch right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can do it afterwards. Yeah. So anyway, the uh, the Autobots also note that the kids have disappeared and that also uh, Skyquake's grave is empty. Also, Optimus Prime, I I forget whether he has, I'm sure he's done this previously, but he does it twice in this episode. I just really appreciate that he always uses Raph's full name. Raphael. Yes. (laughs) He never calls him just Raph, and that's just such an Optimus Prime thing. And yet he he never calls uh, Jack, I don't know, Jonathan or whatever that's probably short for. (laughs) Yeah, Jackson. Or, I don't know, is Miko short for anything? No, it's uh, Miko. Oh, well, I don't know. Yeah. Japanese first names tend to be, or personal names tend to be short. Okay, then. I mean, he. I think he always calls uh, Fowler, like, what is it, Lieutenant Fowler? Or, what is it? Agent I can't remember Fowler. his specific rank, but he always uses his, like, title. It's never it's, just Fowler. Yes. I think it's Agent Fowler. 
He's so, so unamused by Agent Fowler <laughs> joking in the last episode. It was so great. Yes, he it's is. Just, uh, just, what is it? Anyway, so, uh, Zombie Quake is in the shadow zone with them, and then they run, and M- Miko got her wish to see a zombie grade because she wasn't <laughs> thinking. Yep. She's never thinking. Oh, and, no. and Tiny Raph with his tiny legs cannot run very well. Nope. Just and then he loses glasses. And then me. Miko me. is super ableist at him. <laughs> oh my god, Miko. Calling him grandpa. Jeez. <sighs> uh, also, there's a pretty great line here where I think it might be a little earlier where it's uh, Jack is, you know, Mika, what were you thinking? And Raph says, she wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Aww. And she does not deny that. <laughs> so yeah, so she does get these glasses back, and they they just keep running from this lumbering gigantic zombie. Who's just uh, he does make noises, right? He is grunting. Yeah, I think moaning. It, it, yeah, it's almost certainly Welker. Probably. Yeah, probably. He's your best zombie sounds. Wiki says, yes, it is. It is Frank Welker. All right, then. <laughs> if somebody's, if somebody's making weird noises. It's got to be Frank Welker. Yeah. Make some Scooby-Doo monster noises. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, Bumblebee finally figures, hey, why don't we just call them? They're a bunch of millennials. They've always got their, their phones with them. <laughs> so, amazingly, it's... Uh, so, yeah, Bulkhead calls Miko. There were phones just in the Autobot base. And then RC tries calling Jack, and somehow, despite being in the shadow zone, they get cell phone reception. Well, I mean, sort of there's out of waves, phase. and like maybe the waves of the cell phone signal. I mean, they can't actually talk, as it turns. I out. mean, what I can't believe is they're even if they weren't in the shadow zone, they're in the middle of friggin' nowhere. They're not getting reception. That is also a valid point. Yeah, especially not back in 2011. Oh. Yes. I mean, maybe if this was a satellite phone, that'd be one thing. And I, I guess mean, it, it could be. be. Like, they might have modified them with, like, Autobot technology or something. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like they're ever going anywhere where there are people, because they'd have to animate them. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so yeah, they call, there's too much interference, but they figure, hey, hey, we can, we can text them. And, oh, these are... Now, our younger viewers may not know this, but back when you had flip phones, you didn't have your <laughs> on uh, your on-screen keypad. You had to like hit your numbers like a number of times to get a certain letter. Yes, it was not helpful. If you were real fancy, you could get one that had like a slide-out keyboard. Yes, but that is not what they they have here. This this was this was a gigantic pain in the ass. Well, yeah, but like children at the time, they could do that ridiculously fast without even looking, which confused the hell out of me. This is true. Like, how do you know to beep it three times? It's, it's a, I don't. I, well, then again, I'm bad at typing, so <laughs> I hunt and peck. <laughs> but no, they they do manage to text them, and they end up texting them that they are stuck in a shadow zone with a zombie. <laughs> They're like, yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds legit. Yeah. yeah. 
but in, and they, they're still running and they, they have just gone in a circle, like a weird freaky circle, because there's just Starscream's severed arm again. Yes. Yep. And so back at the Decepticon base, uh, and yeah, I think it is a case where this is like the entirety of this dimension. Once again, um, like a different Next Generation episode, I can't remember which one it is, but it's the one where like people from the ship keep disappearing. Well, that happens uh, it quite, that describes quite a few episodes. It's, uh, Dr. Crusher who's, who's in, like stuck in a bubble. Oh, oh, is that the one where the bubble keeps getting smaller? Right, it keeps getting smaller. So eventually she like talks yeah. to the computer and she's like, Hey, how many people are on the crew of the Enterprise? It's like one person and it's the size of this room. Yeah, that. I need to rewatch some I Next Generation. I haven't watched it like since it aired. And so like is that the on entirety. Netflix? That should be on that. Anyway, the entirety of this universe is like this circle of canyons. A yes. three children, a robot zombie, and an arm. Mm. Yeah, that, that sounds reasonable. Anyway, I, I, I haven't mentioned it, but I kind of like the way that this is sort of, they use sort of weird Twilight-ish animation in this shadow zone. Yeah, the, the it's not quite tinted blue but like something is done with a color saturation yeah, it's very desaturated slightly off mm-hmm. yeah. yes it's neat so yeah back at the decepticon base uh knockout is all um starscream you had two arms the last time i saw you <laughs> and starscream was all yeah yeah no it just fell off what kind of doctor yeah. are you? did something that fell off <laughs> Fix yes it. and then he tries to blame it on him <laughs> oh and th- just the Stars, I I only really noticed how weird Starscream is in this bit, because like him just leaning on the bed, flailing around, moving so rapidly with only one arm, he's just really weird and creepy. <laughs> yeah, he's all spindly. Yeah, it, it's like a one-legged spider just flailing about. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um. Knockout is all trying, well, you know, maybe that old arm you're sucked and you should get a new one. I've got a bunch of fancy new arms. Yeah, they they don't make arms like yours. One anymore. of them's got a null ray. <laughs> yeah, it calls him outdated. Yes. Well, I mean, it's just got oh, the one rocket rude. on it. We got a whole bunch of different rockets on the, like a, one with a bunch of missiles. <laughs> one with a null ray. <laughs> and he eventually does find an arm that will be compatible, but it's got like... 20 missiles around it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, we, uh, back in the shadow zone, uh, the, the kids have Starscream's arm, and it's still got a missile on it, so they figure, okay, so we can somehow use this to fire that missile at Skyquake. And they, That'll totally stop him. Yeah, and, and thankfully, instead of having to rewire the whole thing, they figure out that much like Spider-Man, um... <laughs> Starscream has to do a hand gesture to uh to fire this missile, and sadly before we get to see Miko put it into a bunch of lewd gestures. <laughs> she totally would. Yeah, yeah, they do remember the gesture. They don't have to do the whole Toby Maguire uh go web go thing. Yes. <laughs> but indeed they, they not aim that this the missile thing. does any good. Well it it kind of does, because it does shoot Skyquake's arm off, but unfortunately, these are not Romero zombies, these are, re- these are Return of the Living Dead zombies. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because this arm falls off, and it just starts booking it towards them, like Thing. 
Yeah, it moves fast. It, it, like, they wonder about that and there's no explanation, but. Yeah, because, uh, Maybe well, smaller mass moves faster. Yeah, I was yeah Sky Creek is a slow zombie. Uh, yeah, it's got a lot less mass to it. But this so. arm is a Zack Snyder zombie. <laughs> yes. So they, they're running again. Uh, the Autobots get the text and there is a pretty amusing line here. Uh, where Prime is all Ratchet, can we triangulate the geographic position of the cell phone signal? Ratchet's all in a parallel dimension? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, let's find <laughs> out. It's like, he, he complains and then he goes into scientist mode, it's like, yeah, yeah, maybe we can do that. That's ridiculous. Let's try it. <laughs> so back at the base, uh, Starscream, he's still, remember, he's still got that half chunk of dark energy. It starts flashing. And he's all, oh, hey, I mean, Skyquake, he, he must have come back to life. It's very convenient that it starts flashing. Like, why? Wouldn't it just start, like, glowing, maybe? Or pulsing? Like, Excuse me, Naka, I'm, I'm, like I'm getting, I've got a voicemail on my Dark Energon. And shouldn't it have been doing <laughs> that this whole time? And, and how is it, no, it's only linked to that one crystal? I mean, Megatron has one in his chest, and he's, like, three rooms over. Well, it's not that same chunk, though. But it's all dark energon chunks that probably came from the same plate. Like, isn't the chunk he's using, the part that Megatron's using was ripped out of that one in the first place? I think they were different parts, but I'm not sure. Eh. Anyway, it's magic. (laughs) Yes. Magic. Robot space magic. Wait, does that so make Starscream... Co- wait, wait. Does that make Starscream a magical girl? Uh, I'm going to say yes. yes. Without hesitation. <laughs> yes. So yeah, Knockout has gone to the trouble of procuring this new arm, and Starscream is all, well, nope, gonna get my old one. See ya. Because previously he was upset that Starscream did not keep his old arm. Like, I mean, if it just... He's like, oh, it was unrecoverable. Something along like, those like, lines. Like, did it fall in the toilet? Is that it? Because <laughs> you got to put it in some rice. Yeah. And then it'll be fine. <laughs> Maybe get the hair dryer. It's not that hard. Come on. Anyway, so the, uh, the kids are still running from this arm. And, you know, Starscream is there, but they can't, obviously Starscream cannot see them. But the uh, the ground bridge portal does indeed open, so they have to run towards it. They run it. They run through it. Starscream is too shocked to react because of these three you know tiny children running past, and then is immediately yes. attacked by this arm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's their plan. That's Jack's plan, at least. That they they wait till the arm is about to jump through at them because if they just go through the portal, Starscream's right there. Mm. So so he decides to wait until the arm is just about to get them and then go through the portal. So Starscream is more concerned worrying about the arm than about the children. The annoying humans. Also, I'm not sure if this is mentioned in here, but I've got uh, the line, the space between spaces in my notes, which is, <laughs> I think, my neurons randomly firing in a discussion of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. 
Why? Because remember, the the aliens in that are not actually from space. They're from From another another dimension. dimension. The the space between spaces, as John Hurt says. Uh That's that's not a good movie. uh, It's not as horrible as some people make it out to be, but no, it, it really didn't need to exist. I still like it better than Temple of Doom. Don't at me. Bite me. <laughs> you, no. Way less, it, it does not have Kate Capshaw in it, and it's way less racist. Okay, it, it's less well. racist, yes. But the entire point of Kate Capshaw is you're supposed to be as annoyed at her as Indy is. Although, admittedly, Indy also wants to fuck her, which I do not understand. Well, I mean, clearly Spielberg understood that because he married her. So is yeah. it like when David Spade plays a character? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want David Spade hanging out with Indiana Jones either. <laughs> yeah, where I mean, his characters are annoying because that's the point. Anyway, so Starscream books it out of there. Uh, everybody gets back to base safely. What happened to that zombie skyquake arm? It <gasps> it came through. It should be out there somewhere. Maybe. Is it still roaming the desert? Well, maybe if you give it enough dark energy, it'll grow a whole new body. How how do robots heal? Can that work? I don't I think know. that's how it works. I mean, it's still dead. It's a zombie. Yeah, but it, it's so like, like zombies cannot re. Yeah, but zombies can't reproduce. Even fast zombies. Yeah. What? The, there have been even, zombie babies in zombie movies. Yeah, but th- those were just dead babies. Oh, uh, I don't really remember. What was that in? Um. Day of the Dead, or was it? Uh, it's in the Zack Snyder remake of Dawn of the, or Dawn of the Dead. And yeah, it's just a pregnant woman who turns into a zombie, oh. and then her baby is also a zombie. Okay, I Ooh. didn't remember which one it was. But no, like, uh, zombies cannot reproduce in the conventional fashion, as far as I know. Although. Maybe fast zombies. I still don't think fast zombies can do that. Well, yeah, fast zombies tend to be like the 28 days later ones, which burn out. Well, I mean, those aren't, those aren't zombies, (laughs) though. Those are just like people with like super rabies. They can probably reproduce Mm -hmm. in the conventional fashion. Anyway, how did we get on this? Oh, yeah, the arm. Yeah. Zombie. Poor, Poor zombie Quake. He's just stuck in another dimension ambling about for eternity now. And, and, buddy, hey, he found that Starscream armor, tries to put it on, and it doesn't fit. It should have fit. He could become a Frankenstein and show up in a later episode, but he never comes back, does he? No, the uh, the Shadow Zone does make a reappearance. Oh, cool! And in fact, it makes it crosses series. We're gonna see it in uh, Robots in Disguise. Oh, right! I did sort of see that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So yeah, this actually is going to be important for like years to come, which is super weird. <laughs> Wait, is that is that going to be written also, by the same person? Also, Zombie Skyquake picks up Starscream's arm and tries to attach it to himself. Yes, and then, it does not. And work. yeah, we're also at the Autobot base, and Miko actually you know owns up to her insane idiocy, Aww. and they decide that she hasn't. She, you know, she's been punished enough because she had to outrun zombies in an alternate dimension. Which sucks for Jack and Raph, because they also <laughs> yeah. had to do that, and all they tried to do was stop their insane friend. They didn't stop her well enough. <laughs> yes. That's kind of on they them. They tried. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you can blame anybody when it comes to her. It's all just her. Yes. And so, yeah, that is it for Shadow Zone. Yes. 
Uh, this, you know, I enjoyed this episode. I like the whole, we're trapped in a small space with this gigantic zombie. Um, I enjoyed how miserable Starscream is with his Megatron induced injuries and his disappearing arm. Yeah. And, yeah. and how Knockout is just being a dick to him the whole episode. <laughs> He's so amazing. I love Knockout so much. Yeah, Knockout's great. Starscream's just... great, but it's, it's kind of a nothing skippable episode overall. I don't know. I think that the, the villain stuff is worth, is, it's not, I wouldn't call it skippable. Yeah. Like, I think, I think the villain stuff is good. Um, I like, I like the, the interplay with the kids. It's good. Yeah, it is, uh, you know, the, I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's a good, solid prime episode. It's got what you want. Yeah. It really? Re- re- okay, it's got knockout, but. It does have it knockout, and that is usually what you want. Other characters. It's got knockout. It's got, uh, BDSM. <laughs> uh, it's got robot zombies. Does have those. Uh, I mean, that pretty much sums up the best things about prime right there <laughs> what we we haven't gotten into some other fun things it would be nice to see yet well hey i if the fun things that you want are more um uh more mech then get ready for next episode I... because that is, that is operation breakdown uh let's get some more clancy brown up in here yeah. plenty of clancy brown uh need some clancy brown and speaking of episodes that are going to be important for consistently long periods of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is some meta plot. Because that will also have implications all the way pretty much up to the end of the series. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nuts. This, this Delicious show, meta plot. This show really did embrace like the, the continuity, which I enjoy. Hmm. Yes. But until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Tumblr, and we're on Facebook. And we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting fees and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. And uh, we also have a Patreon special episode for donors every uh, every month. Uh, this month, uh, I guess this will be July by the time this airs, uh, we'll have a uh, an episode where we discuss Ant-Man and the Wasp. <gasps> Yay! Yay! That's right, both Ant-Man and Wasp. That's like two episodes for the price of one. <laughs> yes, it, no, it's good. It's get good your, stuff. Get your party hats ready. Ghost is going to be in a movie. Ooh. That's right. I'm not familiar with Will her. Will I have honed my Michael Douglas impression by then? Possibly. Good yeah, job. Michael work on it. Yeah. Get some work on it. Good luck with that. I, I, need, I need to sound a little more jowly. <laughs> Yeah, you need to to put on some weight so you can have some jowls. I mean, it's not he, he's not even like he's in reasonably good shape for an old guy. He's just kind of got that jowly face. It's much, I mean, much like his uh his dad, um uh Kirk Douglas. They just kind of got that face. Oh, it, 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 mm-hmm. It's what happens to faces over time. They they start to shake. It's it's uh, yes. horrible horrible nature. Yes. <laughs> I think he looks better with the goatee though that he's got in uh in those Ant-Man movies. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta cover up the wrinkles. Yeah, but anyway, that movie also has, um, Jimmy Woo, which leads uh, me to hope that there's a, uh, what? there's an Agents of Atlas movie it, coming. 
Jimmy Woo's going to be in it? Neat. <laughs> yes. I did not know that. Uh, played by Randall Park from um, Fresh Off the Boat. Oh, I believe. I like him. All right. So until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm David. Oh, wow. Amazingly, he's both in that and in Aquaman. Oh. Oh. I I don't think I've ever seen this guy in anything. Oh. He was in The Interview. Oh, yeah. He was uh, Kim, Kim Jong-un. The, the notorious movie, The Interview. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Name, name more things I haven't seen. Uh. uh. <laughs> this part's getting cut out. He was in The Disaster Artist. Sure. I need to see that. I'm I need to watch mildly that. Mildly curious about that, but. Um, Trainwreck. That, uh, that Amy Schumer movie. No. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty good. I might have seen him in an episode of CSI. I used to watch CSI. <laughs> this is entirely possible. Oh, he was on Community. On a couple episodes of Community. I've seen, um, some of the first and second season. And, uh, the Christmas episode. A bunch of episodes of Veep. Nope. Isn't that HBO or some shit? I don't get HBO anymore. Ah, uh, yeah, it's HBO. I got okay. HBO in the 90s. I see. Back when, uh, mostly aired Beast, <laughs> back when it mostly aired Beastmaster, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is Beastmaster on? It's Saturday. Well, well I think uh, HBO stood for Hey, Beastmaster's on. <laughs> they had other things. Occasionally. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know, I, I have to say, it's an 80s barbarian movie, I expect more from that than, like, something called Beastmaster, than a guy who talks to ferrets. We had, he, he had a, a <laughs> but talking to ferrets. tiger that was painted black and died because of that. Oh, that's depressing. Also, I would like to point out that ferrets do not make the sounds that they make in that movie. Ferrets don't really <laughs> they make, don't really do make sounds at all, for the most part, unless they're like, Rough housing or wait, something. Wait, is this the first time that someone has done the being in a DC and a Marvel movie in the same year? Oh, that Ooh. I'm not sure. Let's see. Probably. We'd have to research way too many things to find that out. Yeah, I mean, probably the closest, I, I guess, I don't know if um, Lawrence Fishburne was in Justice League. I know Amy Adams was in it. I don't know if Perry White was because he's in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, as, yeah. as a random aside, I finally went to see Deadpool 2 uh, here at the local theater before it was replaced by Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom on one of their four screens, <laughs> uh, mostly because I had been reminded by an interview on Colbert that Josh Brolin was also in that. Yes, I, oh. I really enjoyed Deadpool 2. Oh, oh, no, Josh Brolin is just two Marvel movies. The same yes. Time. Yes. It's doubling up on the Marvel movies. Yes. Anyway, I, um, we haven't good. actually ended the episode. This is going to be a really long outtake, which we haven't done in a while. Yeah. All right. So until next time, 